Welcome to Business Politics 318. I'm your host, Cesara J. And this episode, I'm going to actually take you back two years from now, well, a little less than two years from today. And this episode is very special to me because this was the reason why I created the Deal Break Fix Escape Game. I actually was doing a workshop with members of, um, audience members of different organizations and to see them so engaged and to see them actually working through this simulated crisis was quite fascinating. So I'm going to present to you the actual workshop that happened. Part one, the introduction. Again, the media is, is hitting, um, is coming out with reports of what's happening in your organization. The society, community, they're hearing about it. So you're going to have to think quickly. When it comes to crisis management, you're dealing with three points of view. Now, I adapted this from Roger Kaufman's usage of mega, macro, and micro. And I tell business <coughs> leaders that you're going to have to learn three levels of the business, mega, macro, and micro. That's three business levels, three business point of views, three business communication styles. So a lot of times what can happen, and I had a large implementation in New York City where you have people in the micro, macro, and mega level who used the exact same words, but each level did not realize that it meant something different. And as a leader, as someone in learning, if you're a bet tech, you have to understand that just because you have a certain verbiage in a, on a contract or with your customers or internally, just because the words are the same, it doesn't mean that it translates the same on every level. So at the micro level, you have your internal employees. In the age of social media, your internal employees can make or break your company. Once upon a time, the, the business leaders, the executives, that was considered the high rank, very high rank. Operations were kind of seen down here. But now we're in a different age of technology, and these people can break your company. So in the macro level here, Business leaders, they want to preserve the business as a whole during a crisis, as a whole. They want to preserve the economic viability of the business as a whole. Now, here's the thing. When it comes to a mega response, you have 
on one end here, when you're dealing with operations, you're dealing a lot with people. But when you go this way, you start dealing with one person. And the person is called the entity. The business entity will start reacting as a personified entity. This becomes a person. And at this stage, the humans start not to matter. You have to know this. Because if it comes to sacrificing the entity or sacrificing humans, which one will be chosen when it comes to high-risk politics? The entity will be chosen. So this is Cesara J again, High Business Politics 318 listeners. I am interrupting the workshop again because I want to clarify the last statement, the or rather the last question. In the last question, I was actually stating and questioning two separate things, but it verbally came out as if I was only doing one. So the first part of the question was, who would the agency or the organization choose to sacrifice during a high-risk game of politics? Would it sacrifice itself, meaning the business as a whole, or would it sacrifice individual employees if it had to? Well, the answer would be it would sacrifice the individual employees. So then the second part, I was saying, well, who would they choose to spare and protect? That answer would be they would spare and protect the organization as a whole. So they would protect themselves as an entity, as a whole. So they would sacrifice individual employees over protecting the business as a whole during a high-risk game of politics. Okay, let's go back to the workshop. So what happens? An entity response, so this person called the entity, the response starts to happen here at the macro level. But it's initiated here at the mega level. Why? Because at the mega level, here, you're okay with the customers that you're used to having. These are people that are already under contract with you, so you have them secured. Even if they don't like you, it doesn't matter, you're still under contract with them, right? But hopefully your customers like you. But here, these are the people who are not yet your customers. These are people who are on social media, who may never be your customers, but they talk. These, this is the society, the world around you. Your local community, I like to call it global. It's the global and your local reactions. So, the, so society, the community, public, and your indirect customers. Because what you do, what the Coast Guard does, affects me, even though I'm not in the Coast Guard, even though they don't have a contract signed with me. But still, Still, my welfare is still preserved by the Coast Guard. I'm an indirect customer. Hello, Business Politics 318 listeners. So I'm going to interrupt the workshop again. The reason why is because I really want to explain what I mean when I say the personified business entity. Of course, as you know, personified means that it takes on human characteristics. So the business entity is not a human but it takes on the characteristics 
of one powerful person as if it is one powerful person so or one influential person so again it's not really human but it starts to take on starts to embody human characteristics and human behavior so it is when the business entity as a whole begins to conduct itself as if it is one powerful person or one influential person okay so once again we're not talking about it actually being human but it does start to behave as if it is human one powerful person okay let's continue um we have here the personified business so what happens is that during high performance crisis i'm sorry high risk crisis the entity wants the humans to unanimously conform to an expected standard. So that's great that you all have your beliefs and ethics. That's so cute and it's great and I love it, right? But when the entity, the person, is in crisis mode, it doesn't care about your individuality. It doesn't care who you are. It wants you to conform to a specific standard. And what is that standard? It's a standard that protects the reputation and the financial viability of the entity. So when it comes to high risk crisis, a BEPTEC focuses on three approaches. First one is the problem solving approach. The problem solving approach has at least five components. One is the business need one component, the business need. Now here's the thing. In HPT, a lot of people say, and this is good, it's ideal. It's good and it's ideal. Someone in, in human performance technology says, we should not have to justify decisions that are already made. However, when it comes to the entity, that person, one person entity, the entity says, sometimes you're gonna to have to justify a decision that's already made. If it quells a crisis, an immediate crisis that needs to be dealt with now, that's not a root cause. Sometimes your root cause, we want to always fix the root cause, but sometimes the, the customer can't focus on the, the root cause because they have to focus on the crisis that's happening right now over here. It's not a root cause issue. So you have to learn that sometimes you're used to have a root cause or to suggest a root cause solution which will fix the entire process, which is over there. Or sometimes you're used for a tactical solution. And that tactical solution is a temporary reprieve that the customer needs right now immediately in crisis. That's a big deal root cause fixes versus a tactical, immediate, temporary reprieve fix. That's very important. Your BECTECs have to give result-oriented solutions. Your BECTEC is a problem solver. Um, so we have the components, five components, right? We have the business needs. We also have technological needs. Every crisis has a technological need, everyone. Did you think I was talking about computers? In the age of, of computers, or some people call it the generation app. This is the generation app. 
I'm not talking about just computers. Technology is also humans. So your technology is human and non-human. Why so? Because what is technology? Technology is a medium that transmits data from itself or from something to another medium. That's what technology is. So humans can be technology. So again, your problem-solving approach is five components. One, business need. Two, your technological need. Next is business politics. I call it the scene versus shadow approach. Why? Because you have a scene approach that people don't mind you seeing. Then you have a shadow approach that's an informal culture that people don't really want you to, to talk about or for it to be exposed. And the next is appreciation. So that's your fifth one, appreciation. And I just interviewed an um, agile expert. His name is John Eisenschmidt uh, in California. He is an agile expert for um, Agile Kata, which is a uh, company in California. He said, in the age of capitalism in the United States, we are so focused on problem solving that we forget to tell problems what we appreciate about it. Sometimes in your problems, there's something right about that problem that can help you discover a solution. So when you're problem solving, make sure you find something in your customer, make sure that you find something in even the crisis that you can't appreciate. And again, that text leaders must perform with integrity. Again, that person that's called the entity, that entity, when it, the entity does not understand good or bad, because it's not human. It does not understand good or bad. If I throw Gordon under the bus, Gordon, raise your hand. Gordon, if I throw Gordon under the bus as an entity, I'm not a human. I don't understand that what I did to him was mean. Good or bad does not make sense when it comes to crisis management for the entity side. It does not go. But for humans, I'm asking you, make sure you maneuver, even shadow politics, with integrity. So let's talk about the scene versus shadow approach. Beptex help decision makers foreshadow a crisis. It helps, and not just a crisis, but whether the decision makers in that company will be pulled into a shrewd game of politics. Again, as a Beptech, my hope is to focus on prevention, crisis prevention, but a lot of times it's crisis management as a reaction. So the same culture, the same culture does not mind being exposed. It is what you see in a contract when you sign it. It is what you see in a handbook when you read it. That's the scene culture. The shadow culture, though, is hidden. It's not taught in school. It's ethical versus ethical versus unethical. Okay, Business Politics 318 listeners, what you didn't see was that I was talking about ethical and then ethical with quotation marks around it and then unethical. So the ethical with the quotation marks around it, which I speak about secondly, that is where people use, use ethical means to manipulate others. So they don't use ethical means to do ethical things. 
they use it to manipulate. So you can actually request the PowerPoint presentation from me. Just go to the Contact Us section of the navigation and go ahead and contact me and I can show you where to purchase the, the PowerPoint presentation. Ethical is the typical dif de dictionary definition of ethics, what I want to do right by you. Ethical is when I use ethical means to manipulate you. And unethical is when I do something, dictionary definition of unethical, and I'm really trying to hurt you. Now, let me be very clear. Now, when I use the pronoun I, I'm not talking about me. I is representing a person who's using those sorts of, of methods or maneuvers. And so the reason why I started Scene versus Shadow was because I was watching people do things like that that were borderline unethical. They were using ethical means to manipulate others, and then others were doing unethical maneuvers. And it was very important to me to teach business professionals how to maneuver games of politics with integrity. Don't use the manipulation or don't use the, um, the unethical means when it has the intention of being negative. Part two. Not every business deals with shadow politics, but you have to be prepared because crisis happens like that. So I say identify the shadow but never become it. What are elements of business politics? The element of business politics are one, it's influential, documented, and undocumented policies. Two, an expected cultural conduct. Three, formal and informal governing authorities. Just because you see an or a formal organizational structure doesn't mean that's the real structure of the organization because the power can actually be held with an informal group. Next, open and hidden rules to address problems. Also an element of business politics, methods of control. There's also competition. Also maintaining and establishing relationships and power and codes of conduct. So design thinking, step one. First rule of design thinking is empathy. So you're investigating your customer needs. Again, Betex must have a background in HPT because it's human, there's a human element of this. Because even with the entity being over here, we want to make sure that we still consider humans where we can. And it's still about relationships. So again, for you as a decision maker, you know that there's three levels. What are the three levels of communication? First one is micro, macro, and the mega. So empathy allows you to understand the language, or bet to understand the language of the operational staff, managers, leaders, paying customers, non-paying customers, society, and also that personified entity called that business entity. 
So you have to be able to translate all those considerations, mega, micro, and macro, to again, the language that the business, that business leaders, decision makers can understand. And also to foreshadow challenges. So, turn over your worksheet. So here's your first crisis. Your first crisis is part three. So in the background right now, what you're hearing is the murmur of the audience members. At this point, what I did is I separated the audience members into teams, and each team had to solve their first high-risk crisis. Now, a lot of times in this high-risk crisis, it involves the kind of business politics that take place usually involves a large or a medium-sized business. That does not mean that a small business is not involved. It means that in some aspect, there's a medium or large organization involved as well. So it could be that you are a small business or even a sole proprietor, but if you have a customer who is a medium to large size business, you might find these certain games of politics that occur. So you can be a small business that is interfacing with the medium to large business, or you can just be a large or medium-sized business going through this on your own. All right, let's return to the workshop. Okay, we're going to go on. Don't worry about the fact that it wasn't enough time because it's never enough time when it comes to crisis management. It never is, so it's okay. So we're going to keep going on with the scenario. And even if you feel confused, again, crisis management. So empathy. Your empathy is trying to find out, because we're going to further this case study. Empathy is trying to find the deep, unmet need of your customer. Sometimes that unmet need is actually a want as well. So Dr. Dr. Sasha Coleman, she is a professor of linguistics, and she also has been a corporate linguistic consultant. She says, there is a such thing as stupid questions. And then crisis management, there are some questions that are stupid. What do I mean by that? You're dealing with decision makers in a crisis. Did you see how you felt when I rushed you? How does that feel? You don't have time. It makes you feel like you're scrambling. A decision maker doesn't have time to answer stupid questions. So. You have to find ways to investigate answers on your own before you even have a face-to-face -face connection with that decision maker. Why? Because you may never get a chance to actually have a formal interviewing meeting with a decision maker. In crisis, they don't have time to be answering questions. They want results. So the difference between how you felt just now and what I would ask you to do is that before you came into here and dealt with the crisis, you would have had to have been equipped and prepared with at least intermediate knowledge of the crisis and the deep unmet need of the customer before you even met and spoke to the customer. So how are ways that you can find and research this so that you don't ask stupid questions and waste time of decision making? You glean through your own investigation and research. Sometimes you have to do that outside of your job. 
You look through the statement of work of your company, even if you don't deal with business development. Find a way to access that statement of work. You listen to media coverage. Point of views from customer meetings. Project bid information, a lot of times that's public. Your organizational process asset library. Well, what's in that? Past lessons learned? Listeners, I'm going to go ahead and stop the workshop right here. But if you actually want the extended version, you can contact me by going to sceneversusshadow.com and actually going to the contact me portion of the navigational site. And I will make sure to show you how you can purchase the extended version. Thank you so much for listening to this workshop that I did in 2017. It was the impetus by which I created the Deal Break Fix Pursuit Escape game that debuted this year. There is one version for just individuals who want to have fun but also learn how to maneuver games of politics out external to their organization. And then there's also another one that's for organizations to have happen inside of their, um, their regular workday or their business. So there's two separate one. Now, the one that's that occurs for individuals, it will be happening on Saturday, June the 22nd. You can find out more about it at www.sceneversusshadow.com. That's uh, scene, S like Saturday, E, E, N like Nancy, V like Venus, S like Saturday, shadow.com, scene versus shadow.com. Have a great day. And until next time, this is Cesara J with Business Politics 318.